Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome in. It's Utah as well. Nearly forgot the name. There's Steve. I apologize. <laughs> this quarantine life is getting the best of me. I'm Tom Hackett. That laugh you heard is Steve Bartle down in sunny Arizona. Steve, how is it down there, man? Well, it's not snowing. There are no earthquakes, so you know, I'm doing I'm doing well down here. And you know, we uh, this was. Uh, a little trip that I uh, we planned with Kendra's family to come down here. She's got family down here, a sister down here. So we came down for Easter, and we uh, we drove. We did not fly, and made sure to quarantine ourselves to just the car and and that, so we don't uh, don't disturb the peace down here. So uh, it's been it's been interesting, you know, traveling to a different location and it being it's just weird. Still wrapping, you know, my head around the situation that we're in with, you know, the lockdown, it, you know, you kind of maybe take it, you don't realize that it's not just Utah, but it's, it's, you know, the entire United States, you know, is on lockdown. So it's been interesting to kind of actually see it elsewhere and what it means, but you know, we're doing good down here. We're, we're doing well. I hope you and, and the fam are doing well up there in Utah as well, Tom. No, we're good, Steve. Thanks for Thanks for asking. We're uh, we're just freezing. Um, yeah. yeah, that's all. We're just very cold. The heater is blasting, so the old gas bill this uh, this month could be higher than originally thought. So, what part of Arizona are you in? Quickly. Yeah, we're in Gilbert, Gilbert Chandler, that area down there. So, I think it's oh. like the southwest part of Phoenix. Oh, okay. So that's a decent drive. Yeah, it was it was ten, eleven hours down here. We went through. Uh, Canab and, and Page and Flagstaff to get down here and uh, so yeah it was a little bit of a drive we left early Saturday morning and luckily with the lockdown traffic hasn't been as bad as as it typically is so that was nice but yeah it's been it's been quite nice down here that's awesome so we got a good show for everybody all our listeners tuning in um, obviously Utah gained a a new quarterback um, who committed to Utah out of uh, Mission Viejo. Um, so Steve obviously has has the latest on, on him. Um, and then, of course, the NFL draft is is like, what, this this time next week? We're recording yeah. Thursday, uh, April 16th, and the draft is is next Thursday. So we're, we're a week out from the draft. We'll go through who, who we think is going to get drafted and what round they're going to get in. Just, just have a crack at it, I guess. Not that, you know, anybody at this point doesn't really know. And... And I say that, and I include the players, like the players that are in the draft, they don't know where they're going to go or who's going to pick. They they might have an idea. General managers from around the league, Steve, don't have all that. They have have an idea of who they want. They just don't know if they're going to be able to land them. Um, And so there's a lot in the air. We'll have a a crack at at kind of picking who we think is going to go and and in what round. And then, of course, I guess the sad news is the XFL um, has decided to file for bankruptcy. So... Um, I guess the owner chairman, who's also in charge of of uh, WWE, um, 
World Wrestling Entertainment. His name is Vince McMahon. Uh, you, you probably have heard of him. He's, he's also furloughed and laid off a ton of wrestlers um, and key personnel in the wrestling industry. And so the XFL and the, the demise, if you will, doesn't come to, to much of a surprise, although very sad because it was just, I think, last week, Steve, we were talking about how the XFL is this, this great league that actually has a ton of interest from um, the public across America. Uh, and it gives these players, and a number of Utah players for that matter, that probably weren't going to get drafted next week, the likes of Tariq Lewis um, and co, an opportunity to continue to play the great game of football. And, and just in the short season the XFL had this year, Steve, there were a number of players that, that went from the XFL onto an NFL roster, um, which, which should tell you that it, it was rather successful. It had good talent playing in the league and, and now, now it's no longer there. Will it come back? Um, that's all up in the air. We don't know. But as of right now, it's filed for bankruptcy. So you'd imagine, you'd imagine it doesn't. Anyway, we can talk a little bit more about that later on. But, but let's start proceedings. Let's start the show off, Steve, with some insight on, on this four-star Mission Viejo quarterback by the name of Peter Costelli. Yeah, big-time pickup for Utah is they get their top target at quarterback, which... You know, if you can get your top guy, regardless of what we at 24-7 Sports uh, may have him ranked as, you know, and we do have him ranked as as a four-star composite quarterback, which speaks to his talent. You know, a lot of the talent evaluators for us value what he brings to, to the table. But the fact that he was, without question, the top target uh, for Utah says a lot about how highly they value him and how they feel he's going to fit in their program. And so, uh, you know, when, when you talk about that, you just you can't help but be excited for what Utah is bringing uh, into the program with Costelli. Uh, he's got great size at six foot three and 205 pounds. He's also a track athlete, uh, which, is, which may be surprising. So he's, he's a pocket-passing quarterback with track speed and that's a dangerous combination uh you know the goal for him this this spring uh, unfortunately with uh, with uh with spring uh, sports being canceled he wasn't able to to run but the goal for him this spring was to run a 10-6 10 100 meter uh which wow. that's impressive uh, to give you an idea javelin gidry you know ran a 10-1-8 uh, in the 100 meter dash, and and if you've got speed, you're running 10 3, 10 4. Uh, so for a quarterback at his size, at, at six foot three, 205 pounds, you know he's built really well to run 10 6 and 10 5. That speaks to his athleticism. You know he may not be the shiftiest guy like a Jason Shelley or or that type of dual threat quarterback, but the fact that you know when he does escape the pocket, he's going to hurt you with his speed. I think that's a big, big deal for Utah and what they want in their quarterback. But, you know, the primary focus on, on Costelli should be his ability from within the pocket. And they got the guy that they wanted and, and Phil will best fit in Ludwig's offense moving down the road. Steve, I was, I was just having a quick look at his offers um, because that's generally um, – what I judge a player off, you know, I, I, I don't have the ability to sit there, watch high school film and say, oh, this, this guy is, 
you know, a, a four star, three star. I, I just, I just don't have that. I haven't been to any workshops to, to, to evaluate. And I, 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 to be honest, don't really have any plans to do so, but I do, I do trust coaches from around the country yep. and, 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 and Utah's coaching staff, you know, whenever they feel highly and strongly on somebody, you, you've got to take their word for it as, as a fan of the program. I, I did notice though he had an LSU offer, Steve, as well as an Oregon offer. So he had some, he had some pretty big time offers. Oh yeah. 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 And so, you know, Oregon, you know, took a commitment from another quarterback just a couple of weeks ago. And so they kind of fell off, um, uh, kind of fell out of favor with, with Costelli, but you know, I'm doing a breakdown right now for Ute Zone that I'll be publishing here soon that talks about, you know, his offer sheet and the competition Utah faced in landing his commitment. I mean, we're talking about Nebraska, Michigan State, Northwestern, LSU, as you mentioned, Oregon, as you mentioned, Arizona, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Syracuse, Washington State. All of these programs offered Costelli and currently don't have a commitment from a quarterback in their class outside of Oregon, Cal, and Duke. And so that speaks a lot uh, to where Utah is at as a program on the recruiting trail. Uh, they've, they've improved their reputation, it seems, and, and their prestige in the eyes of recruits that they're able to now beat out, you know, a Nebraska and, and a Michigan State for a top-tier talent at quarterback. You know, just a couple of years ago, it was it was it was really difficult for Utah to gain traction. You know, with offensive recruits and and quarterbacks in particular. But over the last couple of years, you know, since they landed Jack Tuttle, you know, they've been in the game with some really talented quarterbacks, and now they're to a point where they're starting to land their top targets. Uh, with Peter Costello being the you know being that guy. Uh, and it really speaks a lot to their ability to beat out these other programs. Uh, and just, again, it speaks to the growth that and progress that they've made over the last couple of years as a program. Steve, I know you've, you've obviously watched uh, a fair bit of, of his high school film, his high school tape out there at, at a very prestigious high school in, in, in Southern California, Mission Viejo, a, a school that traditionally sends their quarterbacks to, to USC. Um, but what would you say his biggest strength is? Is it his arm strength, his arm accuracy, his ability to kind of read defenses, make the correct read? You mentioned his his athleticism for a guy of his size. I, I imagine he's probably pretty good uh, in the pocket, evading pressure, using his feet to uh, get out of some trouble. But if you had to pinpoint one area of his game that you've been most impressed with, what would you say it is? You know, for me, it's his just his natural physical ability. Uh, you know, we talked about his speed, which is, uh, you know, that's going to pop. When you watch his tape, that's going to stand out the most. He is, you see this kid and, and you see how big he is compared to, you know, other high school players, and you don't expect him to move with the type of burst that he has. And so that's going to pop out. But, you know, he's got the arm strength that you need. Um, and, and want from a quarterback to push the ball vertically down the field. You know, with the type of receivers that Utah has been able to recruit over the last couple of years, they've got guys that can get vertical, and so that's going to be uh, an attractive feature that Utah is going to be able to use with him is getting the ball downfield and pushing uh, defenses vertically and stressing them vertically. 
you know, when, and so everything that has to do with the physical part of the game. So physical traits, right? That's, that's where you're most encouraged by what they're getting in Costelli. And Costelli is an intelligent kid, but he still has room to grow in terms of processing the game, uh, processing what he's reading uh, in front of him with defenses and how he can manipulate things, you know, with his mind. He's got all the ability physically, but he's got to grow and 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 develop mentally uh, as a quarterback uh, to really maximize his talent and his potential. And I think what's encouraging is you see the growth that Tyler Huntley made from his junior to senior season under Andy Ludwig. You can't help but feel you can't help but get excited about what he should be able to do with Peter Costelli. I think, I think Tyler Huntley and Peter Costelli are very similar in terms of their strengths, their ability and their weaknesses as well. I think Tyler Huntley is very football smart, but he needed to just, he needed guidance and in, uh, in a way that Ludwig was an ideal fit for him. And I think Costelli is very much in that same kind of mold where he's, he's, got, he's just got to learn how to recognize defenses. I think that's where Tyler Huntley grew the most was understanding how to read defenses, uh, understanding where things are, are going to be in, in terms of his pre-snap and post-snap reads. And I think that's where Costelli can really grow as a quarterback still. So – you know, his four-star ranking uh, is is really, really encouraging, and he's got plenty of ability uh, to validate that ranking. But what's what's fun is that he still has a ways to go to reach his full potential. I think this is you know, obviously a grand slam commitment for Utah to get him in the program, and he's uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be a good one down the road, I believe. It's fascinating, yeah, to take. So going back to the Tyler Huntley conversation quickly, you, you go back and, and, and to refresh Utah fans' memories, you know, it was almost every practice when Coach Whittingham spoke to the media. He couldn't help himself but, but talk about the relationship Huntley and Ludwig had formed over just a very short period of time. And I think it just goes to show um, your Huntley's ability to kind of to kind of learn on the fly, if you will, and just accept that he has a new coach. And, and I think for Ludwig, it's something he's been, done, he's been doing his entire coaching career. He, he finds a way to get the best out of his players and, and he creates schemes uh, and strategy around the strengths. You know, when he was at Wisconsin, he ran the football a ton because why wouldn't you when you've got Melvin Gordon in the backfield? And, um, and I think, I think that's a, that, that that should that should give a lot of Utah fans a lot of hope moving forward, especially while while Ludwig is is still here. It's it's also worth noting, um, and I, I don't want to drain, I guess, the excitement out of Utah fans too much. But you know, the Trevor Lawrence's of the world, Clemson's quarterback, who came in as a as a true freshman and and won the national championship. I mean. They they don't come around often. I mean, they're, they're once in a blue right. moon type of quarterback, and and the majority of these kids, even five, even the majority of five star prospects that that are headed to Alabama and, and LSU and the like, you know, they they do take development, yeah. and and it takes time, and and the jump between from high school to college is is a severe 
task. Um, and so for Peter Castelli, you know, as great of a pickup as it is for Utah, I, I imagine, Steve, that he's, he's going to have to wait his time and, and hopefully uh, things will work out down the road. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's going to be a slight adjustment for him, right? When, when is he expected to join the team? So he'll join next summer uh, is when he'll, when he'll join. Uh, and, yeah, you know, you, you make some great points that, yes, this is a, a great pickup, the four-star. Everybody's going to look at the four-stars and get really excited, and you should be excited. But keeping in mind that, you know, he's still going to have to compete against another four-star quarterback in Cameron Rising. You know, and he's still going to have to re- compete against other quarterbacks that Utah's bringing in that they're awfully high on. Justice Cooper, or, or Cooper Justice, I should say, uh, the quarterback that that's that they signed this year. There's a lot of confidence that Utah found, you know, a, a diamond in the rough in in their 2020 quarterback signing out of Oregon. And so, you know, there's going to be competition, and it is going to take time for Costelli to develop. And and I'm glad that you brought that up because. It is something that needs to be a, a, a major point of emphasis with these kids is that, you know, despite their star ranking, you know, whatever it may be, whether it be three-star, four-star, five-star, you know, it depends on how well they fit in a system, how well they develop in that system. You know, five-star talents are considered those those types of players because they've got a lot of natural ability they can fit in a multiple of schemes and in, in a multiple of ways but you got to find the right coach to draw that potential out of him and I think that's where Andy Ludwig you know in this Utah staff they've recruited him for the last two years they developed a really good relationship they have a good understanding of what they're getting in Peter Costelli and they can start to tailor things for him uh, both on the recruiting trail and adding talent around him in this class um, and also developing an idea of what they need to do to get the most out of them. That's why it's, it's so exciting. But again, it's going to take time uh, to get him to reach his potential, which is, you know, that's the sobering aspect of it, but still uh, it's exciting because Utah has him now in the program, uh, not in the program, but committed to the program. And, you know, they can start to, to figure out ways to, uh, get the most out of him while he's here. I, I, I only bring it up, Steve, because, and mind you, you know, while, I, while we're talking about four-star commits and, and players to, to the University of Utah, it's worth noting the quarterback position is kind of by itself, right? You've seen oh, yeah. um, Jalen Johnson, for example. He came into the program a couple of years ago and, and, and shined, you know, right off the bat. And, and I expect... Um, Clark Phillips to, to follow suit in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Maybe he won't be as efficient as Jalen Johnson in year number one, but he'll probably start and he'll probably make a couple plays that just put a smile on your dial and, mm-hmm. uh, and that smile will stay there for, for a couple weeks, I imagine, when you're sitting at your office. If you're back in work at that point, you look back, you remind yourself about the pick six Clark Phillips had. But my, my point is, I think, I, I hope anyway, Utah fans learn to lesson from the experience of, of Jack... Tuttle, um, King Tut, as we go. I just felt as a, I was doing live radio at the time, we would talk about Tuttle a lot. Uh, yeah. We had people call in uh, wanting us to talk about Tuttle. Uh, there was just such this, this great expectation on this, on this 18-year-old kid to come in and, and have an immediate impact. And, and I think there were a few reasons behind that, Steve. 
the main one probably, look, if, if we're being pretty frank about the whole thing, the University of Utah football team really has only started uh, picking up some pretty top-tier quarterbacks uh, nationally the last couple of years. Like, the, yeah. they, you know, the, the, they haven't been in the hunt for four-star quarterbacks a ton, but the last couple of years, to their credit, uh, and a lot of it comes from the success the team's had, uh, back-to-back Pac-12 championship games, um, and although they didn't win, they, they certainly put themselves in the spotlight. The nation was watching, uh, and that helps. But, but I hope, Steve, I really do hope that, 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 that Utah fans, including myself for that matter, learnt from the experience of, of Jack Tuttle and they, and they don't make the same mistake with Peter Costelli and, and they let this young man come into the program, develop and, and kind of learn um, however, however quickly or slowly for that matter he learns. And when his time is called, then, then he comes in and, and does a good job for Utah at the quarterback helm. But, uh, but I just remember Jack Tuttle coming in and everybody and their dog thought he was going to just be a surefire starter, even though Tyler Huntley was there. And, um, or at least he'd compete heavily. And mm-hmm. he came in and he threw far more interceptions than any other mm-hmm. quarterback on the roster, including Jason Shelley, through spring. And he was mm-hmm. the third string on the, on the depth chart. You know, it just... It, it doesn't always work out. And, and, and again, the jump from high school to college is drastic. And some kids learn faster than others. Other kids may take some time. So if you're a Utah fan, be, be excited. Be really excited. Because the fact that we're landing four-star kids should tell you that the program's in a really good spot at the minute. But at the same time, don't put too much expectation on the young man. Let him develop at the speed he wants to develop. And I promise you, if you allow him to do that and you don't put too much pressure on the, on the young fella, he'll, he'll do a good job for Utah down the road. It's just who knows when that time will come. That's a great point. And, uh, again, it, 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 and I was probably a big cause for the Jack Tuttle, you know, uh, uh, madness and, and pushing for him and, and, and that – I, I was very high on his talent. And so for me personally, I also, you know, I know that I've learned from that experience and, and, and understanding, you know, what message needs to be, what, you know, what the message needs to be. And I'm glad that you're bringing this up is because the, it is a big jump from high school to, to college, regardless of, of what level of high school you're playing at and at Mission Viejo, you know, he is playing against some really good talent in Southern California, but it's such a jump in terms of scheme and 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 play calling and what's required of him and and what will be required of him at the quarterback position. It's a lot to take in, and so it's going to take him time uh, to to get his feet wet and to get his feet under him, you know, in the program. So, and Utah themselves, I think they've gained a better understanding of how to handle. A, a top tier quarterback like a Peter Costellian, like a Jack Tuttle. I think they're much, they have, now that they've been through it with Jack Tuttle, I think they have a better understanding of, of how to handle them. And also uh, I, I think Utah is just like you mentioned, I think they're just in a better place in terms of the talent that they have in the quarterback room uh, to to handle it, I, I you know you've got Cameron Rising, you've got Jake Bentley, you know in the building currently, and 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Utah bring in another quarterback in this class to drive up the competition. So we'll see what happens down the road. But they're uh, extremely fired up to have Costelli committed. Uh, he's going to be a good piece, a valuable piece for Utah on the recruiting trail as well in this class and getting talent in this 2021 class. So lots to be excited about, but with the right expectations um, is is going to be paramount for him and, and for Ute fans to just enjoy the process. Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll add before we move on to the NFL draft is, is you know, at times, Stephen, again, I, I was – uh, I was at fault, you know. I, I'll admit, much like yourself, I was I was very high on on Jack Tuttle. But part yeah. of that was because, you know, part of my job, part of your job, is is to be active on social media, um, and specifically the world of Twitter, the wild wild west. You know, it's a it's a big sporting platform, and a lot of really passionate fans from all, all sorts of different ways of life from all across the world vent or applaud um, their sporting heroes mm-hmm. uh, on the world of Twitter. And, 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 and when Jack Tuttle was being recruited, um, and, and then, of course, when he was openly recruiting other offensive players to try and come to Utah, and then he came to Utah, and there was an expectation set by Utah fans um, that, that he was going to fight for a starting role. I, I, I just think, Steve, that, that a lot of fans... I don't know if they understand how much influence they can actually have on, on an 18-year-old prospect. I, I really think, because I'm just telling you guys right now, as, as, a, as a guy that's kind of been through it, you, you, would, you, you occasionally would, would search your own name on Twitter. And, and I'm, oh, not, yeah. you know, I'm not afraid to ad- admit that. You know, the, the line, like the spotlight is, is fun. And, and especially when you're, when you're playing well and you're creating headlines and the team's winning, all you want to do at times is read about the success, success you're having and, and your teammates are having. And, and I, I, I just guarantee you, um, and Steve, you probably know more than I do on this subject matter, but from, a, from high school kids that are getting recruited, they are probably on Twitter a lot. And they're probably searching their own name and looking for articles written about them and reading what just fans from all sorts of different uh, areas of North America are kind of talking about him. And, 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 and Jack Tuttle had this expectation that he was going to come in and start when he found himself third on the depth chart. He couldn't really understand why, even though he should have. Uh, but I think he just he, he went into it uh, and maybe I'm talking out of line. I don't know. I haven't spoken to Jack since he left. But uh, I just feel as though the expectation set by the fan base was extremely high. And I'm not blaming the fan base. It's worth noting. I just think it, hopefully they, you know, they learned their lesson. And they, you know, you've got to give kids time. And, um, and four-star prospects and commits are, like, awesome. Like, really good. But yeah. you know, you, the expectation that they're going to come in and have an immediate impact at the quarterback position is probably unrealistic. And hopefully... The whole Jack Tuttle situation was a lesson learned in that regard. But, but anywho, I just hope the fan base understands the impact they have because they oh, yeah. know, you, know, you might have you might have thirty followers on Twitter, but if you if you type Jack Tuttle and tweet it, it pops up. You know when mm-hmm. when Jack Tuttle searches his name and and he reads it and oh yeah and, and and you might never know that you you know and you probably will never find out if he read it, but. 
there's a good chance he does. And uh, same with Costelli. So, um, you know, show all the love in the world for the young man. I mean, you know, I'm not saying to, to not tweet at him or tweet towards him, but at the same time, you know, let's not put this expectation on, on four or five star prospects coming to Utah that they're, they're an immediate, you know, almost guaranteed starter, much like Jalen Johnson, Clark Phillips uh, will be. So anyway. Um. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The, the NFL drafts next week, Steve. Crazy. Crazy, man. It's crazy. It's almost here. It's literally next week, a week from today on Thursday. It's when it starts April 23rd. It'll go three days to the 25th. Utah's going to have a number of guys drafted, I think, and it's. I think. Uh, I think we may even get somebody drafted on day one. You know, I think uh, we've. Uh, there's. There's definitely a chance for that. So it's going to be fun, man. Uh, these guys have worked hard to get to this point, uh, and, and Utah's got a few guys in this draft class that I think can have long and very prosperous careers in the NFL. So before we go through our, um, our lists, um, I'd love to ask you do, you, do you think Jordan Love is going to be the first oh, um, oh, oh, oh. guy from the state to, <laughs> to get drafted? Or do you think Jalen Johnson is going to get the nod? I, I, and again, I'm assuming you have Jalen Johnson as the first guy taken off the board. If you don't, then please... Tell yeah. me otherwise. Yeah. No, I – so, yeah, I do have Jalen Johnson as the first you off the board. Um, man, I think Jordan Love benefits tremendously from playing the position he does. And I think with what has happened with Patrick Mahomes you, and, and you see what he's doing with his big arm and you see what Jordan Love can do with his big arm – it's not the same as Patrick Mahomes in terms of, you know, arm talent, but you see some things Jordan Love can do on on film and and uh and that and, and it you know, you get the right <laughs> you find the right mixture of GM that loves what what he does. Uh and and I, I do think that Jordan Love is going to be the first guy from the state taken primarily because, you know, he's He's a quarterback, and and you get that you get that added value. It's a premium position, you know. If if you're considered a, a day one, day two prospect, you're going to get a significant boost, you know, in the NFL draft just because you play the quarterback position. So while he may be graded as you know the the thirtieth player overall in terms of just his grade, you know, compared to every position, right? 
he's going to get that boost into the first round just because he plays quarterback. So um, that's why I think he's going to go. He's going to be the first guy selected from the draft. Uh, I've gone back and forth on Jordan Love. I uh, I think I'm off the bandwagon again. I just I, I I can't do it. I was off at first, then I got on it. Uh, but I just I think I think I'm off the bandwagon with Jordan Love. That's interesting. Okay, I, so I agree with you. By the way, I I think Jordan Love is going to be taken before Jalen Johnson when we talk about guys from the state of Utah. Um, I, I I I'm on the Jordan Love bandwagon, and, and it's really not for me. It's I try and not complicate things, but mm-hmm. you you talked about his arm strength and his ability to to throw the pigskin a long way. Um, but also his athleticism for a man of his size. You know, I think that's, that's going to impress a lot of, of GMs. And um, for years now, Steve, the, the NFL has, has been really, really into athletic players. Yeah, part of the reason it didn't work out for me was because athleticism wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> yeah. But 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 regardless, I digress. I beg to differ there, Tom. I no, beg to differ. No, no. I digress. <laughs> I I just think uh, I think Jordan Love and the upside that that he shows is incredibly high. I think it baffles me that Utah State were only able. They only won six games last year. Yeah, yeah. See, I, okay. So I don't understand and that. And that's where I I am just. I, I go back to that as like, sure, he may not have had a lot of talent, but I disagree with that because he had a receiver in C.O.C. Mariner who came from Utah, played in the Pac-12. Uh, he proved to be a tremendous playmaker for Jordan Love. Uh, there was talent around him. It wasn't maybe not as much as what they had in 2018, but there was talent around him. But you're still, you're playing in the Mountain West Conference, which with all due respect to the Mountain West, there is it's a lower level of talent right that doesn't mean they can't beat teams but there's just a lower level of overall talent in the mountain west conference a group of five conferences i'll say that um compared to the pac-12 the sec the acc the the big 12 you're just you're not seeing the type of overall talent you know one through 11 on the field that you would in those conferences and so with jordan love uh you know, if he really is the type of quarterback that he's being made out to be, I just I can't wrap my head around the fact that he struggled so mightily in 2019. I I just if you're that good, you should be able to to lead Utah State to more than six wins, to to more than 17 touchdowns, seven inter- 17 interceptions. Like you should be able to produce and play at a higher level than that if you really are. Uh, the type of quarterback that he is he is being made out to be. But anyways, that's my rant on Jordan Love. I I need to stop. I'll go on for days, Tom. I will. We need to stop. <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. I saw, hey, I saw a quote from Joe Burrow, uh, and I can't – I apologize. I can't remember where, who he said this to, but I imagine it was to, to ESPN Bleacher Report or one of the national networks. And he was uh, he was saying that, you know, part of the reason he thinks he's kind of the surefire number one pick um, is because he he's a winner, is what he called himself. He said he hasn't he hasn't had a losing season 
since the fifth grade in anything he's done, in anything he's done. Like, and I don't know what other sports he's played, but let's just assume he's played tennis. Like he won at tennis since the fifth grade, you know, uh, obviously football playing the quarterback position. He wins at football. So um, I, I, I don't know if Jordan Love, you know, well, I know for a fact Jordan Love isn't going to be the number one overall pick. I, I think he goes to the Raiders. And uh, I think he oh. goes, I think 19, uh, the Raiders have picked 19. I think he goes 19 to the Las Vegas Raiders. By the way, Steve, and I know we're kind of prolonging this list that, that we have planned <laughs> and people are probably getting quite upset with us because we're not getting to it. But quickly, the Raiders are, um, they, they could be in trouble when it comes to moving into their Las Vegas stadium. And, um, you know, geography, I wouldn't say is one of my strongest suits, but I, I know it pretty well. The drive from Vegas to Salt Lake City, just six hours. If, they, if, if, if their plans were delayed for that stadium to be built and they had to play in another stadium... I've got a sneaky suspicion that Salt Lake's got to be a top venue that they might look to come. I mean, that could yeah. change a lot of things yeah. in Utah because I know a lot of people have said for years, Steve, that the NFL and NFL team will never come to Salt Lake City because of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and um, and, and the NFL's being played on Sundays and they, they won't get enough fans to the stadium because, you know, the, the the obviously large uh, religious population that lives um, in Salt Lake City and, and its surrounding suburbs. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I disagree, actually. I think that the last five years since I've been living, I've been here since 2012, so I've been here eight years, and I've been able to see uh, this influx of whether people are coming from California or, or Colorado, you know, that there are a lot of people migrating to Salt Lake City, Utah, for various reasons, and the county, right? You know, kind of the whole Silicon Slopes 2.0 uh, concept that's going on down mm-hmm. down in the valley. Um, so there are more and more non-religious people coming to the state. Um, but I think the NFL is a big hit, you know, whether you're a part of a religious group or not. Uh, I think a lot of people have NFL on the television set Sunday. And if the Vegas, if the, if the Las Vegas Raiders were to play a season in Salt Lake city, that, that would sell Rice Eccles stadium out. I, I don't, Oh yeah. I, that's what I think anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely with you there. I think if Utah has the opportunity to get the Oakland Raiders into Rice Eccles stadium, they have to push for that because that would be such a big boost for, for Rice Eccles stadium, for the community to have an NFL team for however many games it may be, right? Uh, who knows if this would be for an entire season, if, if, uh, if that or, or, you know, whatever it may be. But to get an NFL team here to Salt Lake City for, for a couple games, a handful of games, whether it be just preseason, half the season, you know, however many games, I think that would be a tremendous opportunity for Salt Lake City. Raider fans are crazy. They're going to travel. <laughs> They're going to come to the games. Uh, you know, friend of the program, Mitch Harper at KSL Sports. He's a big Raiders fan. He would be there front and center. Uh, he would be the black hole uh, in the Salt Lake market. That's for sure. So uh, I think it would be a great opportunity for Utah, and I, I would love to see it. Uh, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal, they also cited Phoenix and San Diego, which 
makes sense because they currently host other or have hosted uh, NFL teams, you know, in those cities. But I think Salt Lake City, man, that would be a lot of fun, particularly because it's the Raiders. Uh, that would be a lot of fun to see in Salt Lake City uh, with the church and, and everything like that. But anyways, let's let's get to this this uh, this Utah okay. NFL draft list. You go first. I'll go first. So I, just because I've already mentioned, and I'm sure you, you know, you've, you've got the same. I've got Jalen Johnson going in the first. Um, I'm very interested to see where he lands because I think that there are a few really good destinations. I think the Raiders make a lot of sense. The Minnesota Vikings make a lot of sense. And then also uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think, would be a great destination for him as well. They need cornerback help. And and going to a team that already has a Whittingham and a Barton in the organization and Jackson Barton and Sam Whittingham, I think that that would be awesome to add yet another U uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs organization. But I think Jalen Johnson, he's either going to go to the Raiders, the Vikings, or the Chiefs in the first round of the NFL draft. I, I like that. And uh, do, you have, do you have a list of the other guys in the rounds that they go in? Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. just rattle through them, and then I'll rattle through mine, and we can talk. Okay. So I've got Jalen Johnson in the first. Uh, I've got Zach Moss going early, uh, actually second round, late second round. Uh, I think he's going to go to a team like Baltimore. Uh, where they love running the ball. They love that tough, gritty um, team. I also could see Arizona or Los Angeles, the Rams, being teams that that take Moss as well. So I have him going late in the second. I've got Terrell Burgess, early third. Uh, I think it's amazing what Terrell has been able to accomplish uh, in just a year. I remember uh, we, we've talked about it a lot at Ute Zone. Is if you go back last year, the concern with Terrell Burgess taking over at safety. And and while I was optimistic, I was hopeful that he would have a great season. He did. I never would have guessed he would be in this position where we are today, talking about him being a day two, you know, round two, round three type of a guy. So I have Terrell Burgess early third. Uh, Bradley and I, I have going in the third as well. I think a team like Philadelphia would be a tremendous fit. Tennessee, Washington, those teams would be a tremendous fit for him because they need pass rushers. So I have him going in the third. I think Lecky Fotu has a chance to go early third if there's a run on defensive tackles. But I think he ends up going fourth in the fourth round, early early day fourth round. And then I think John Penasini is drafted, uh, I think, in the fifth round, as well as Francis Bernard I also have in the fifth round. And then I do think Tyler Huntley is drafted in the sixth or seventh round. I think somebody's going to take a chance on him. He's got some some nice traits that that can be developed for a team that already has a quarterback in place, uh, and and he can kind of be brought along. So I have him going in the sixth or seventh. So I have eight guys being drafted. Okay, I I, I like that. Now I haven't I've written my list. I haven't said who I think they're going to go to. Um, right, but I've just got that their rounds that I, I predict. So I think Jalen Johnson, I also agree, Steve, I think he goes in the first. Now I've, I've gone because, okay, so every NFL draft, there's always a player from Utah generally that goes way higher than people think. Um, yeah. I, I remember Eric Rowe back in the day did it. Um, last year, just Cody Barton 
He went, mm-hmm. he went much higher than I think a lot of people were thinking. So I, I've actually gone with Terrell Burgess in the second round. Okay, I like it. And I know you had him in the third. So maybe he's, maybe he's higher on people's list than I first thought. I think he's going to be joined with Bradley and I. I think Bradley and I is going to be a second round pick. Um, I think Zach Moss is going to go in the third. And, and the only reason I say that is because he's just been injured a fair bit over the course of his, his Utah career. Um, so I think Zach Moss will fall to the third. I think he'll be joined. I think Lecky Fotu is also a third-round pick. Um, Francis Bernard will go in the fourth. I don't have anybody going in the fifth, but I do think Julian Blackman Oh, will... I forgot Julian. I totally spaced it on Julian Blackman. Do you think he gets picked up? I think he gets – yeah, I think he gets drafted. I totally spaced it on Black. He's going to get drafted. So what I've round? got nine guys. I think he's going to go fourth or fifth round. Oh, okay. So I've got him going sixth with uh, Penasini. I think Penasini goes sixth. And then I've got, I've got two Utes going in the, in the seventh. I think Tyler Huntley yeah. ends up falling into the seventh round, which I guess is a win for him considering he wasn't an NFL combine invite. And I also yeah. think Darren Polo. I, I, I don't know. I just think Darren Polo is a chance to go late in the draft. He's, he's a really big bodied physical mm-hmm. tackle or guard for that matter. Who um who moves his feet really well and he's been able to showcase he can pull uh, when needed um, and I think NFL teams are going to like that. I I've also gone. I threw in a Utah State player, uh, Gerald Bright, the running back. I got a sneaky suspicion he could get drafted, although I don't know necessarily. It's really late in the seventh if he does. Um, what about okay? What about Coc Mariner quickly? Is he going to get picked up, do you think? He had a pretty good senior season with the Aggies. He did. I don't think it was enough to, to help us. I don't think he helped his stock enough to get drafted, though. I think had he reached 1,000 yards, I think that kind of puts him more on, on NFL radar. Uh, but I don't think his body of work uh, with the type of senior season that he had, uh, I don't think that that's enough to, to get him drafted. Okay. Yeah, by the way, I heard your alarm go off. Do you have a radio interview you need to get ready? No, I, that's when I usually wake up, is right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I set this alarm, and I just I forgot. I set it a while ago for something. I can't remember. I just forget to turn it off. So That's okay. No, I just want to make sure that I'm not <laughs> on your – So I've got 10 guys getting drafted, Steve. So I've got – who, who, you have nine. So who yeah, are we missing? Nine. So I Oh, is it Darren Polo? Darren Polo. Okay. Yeah, Darren Polo. Okay, That's so, who I have. Um, so you go. And, and so I think Darren Polo is an interesting case because he's got the experience, right? He's got the starts. He's got length and athleticism that you love to see. I just think that there are some issues with his game his flexibility, where he projects, is he a tackle, is he a guard? Um, those are types of things that I think NFL organizations are super picky about. Um, I hope that he's drafted. That would be tremendous to get him drafted. And I think, actually, he could benefit the most out of all the players um, that Utah has going into the draft. I think he could actually benefit the most from a lack of pro days, you know, for these smaller school prospects, they're the ones that need um, pro days. They're the ones that need those special interviews with scouts and coaches 
Um, and because they didn't get that, I think guys that are at these at these bigger programs, power five programs, they benefit most because you know they've got the film, they've got uh, the athletic testing that throughout their career. I think that helps them the most. And so I think if if anybody is going to benefit from the lack of pro days, I actually think that it is Darren Paulo. So I'm I'm interested to see you know what happens with him. I think he's got some traits that that project well to the NFL, but I do think there are some issues as well. But He's going to be fun. I think he's the difference between nine and ten for sure. Okay, well that's yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting in a week's time or just over a week's time. Come the final day of the draft to see what happens. Um, okay, so we we can agree that that on nine Utah players will hopefully get drafted. Just to refresh everybody's memory: Jalen Johnson, Terrell Burgess, Bradley and I, Zach Moss, Lucky Foto, Francis Bernard, Julian Blackman, Tyler Huntley are the nine guys that Steve and I can agree on. So, Steve, back in, oh, let's see, 2017, Utah uh, broke their school record for most players drafted. That was the year Garrett Bowles went in the first round. Marcus Williams went in the second round. Uh, Joe Williams, the running back, went in the fourth. They had a bunch of guys in the fifth, Isaac Asiata, Brian Allen, and J.J. Dillman. And then Sam Tevy, Peter Tomalpenu went in the sixth round. So we are anticipating... We're predicting, Steve, that Utah breaks their uh, previous record of eight draftees from 2017 in the 2020 draft with nine. That, you know, we talked earlier in the show about uh, uh, Peter Costelli, the, the four-star quarterback out of Mission Viejo. Um, but, but certainly get nine guys drafted and breaking the school record. Again, just another great example to all the Utah fans out there. This program is going in the right direction and, and, and having nine guys drafted. Hell, even if they don't end up with nine guys drafted, let's just say they have seven, it's still a massive recruiting pitch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. And when you go back to that 2017 draft, there were four guys that were selected, actually five guys that were selected in, uh, in rounds five and six. And when, when we're going through our list, you know, we've got, what, five, six guys going in rounds, in rounds one through four, one yeah. through, you know? So I think that alone speaks to the improved talent that Utah's brought in. But this definitely is Utah's biggest pitch uh, to the bulk of their recruiting classes, that we're going to develop you and we're going to get you into the NFL. Look at our track record with these guys. Uh, and and the amount of success that they've had in developing NFL players, uh, it's it's tremendous. The growth that they've they've had and the amount of players that they've sent that have gotten drafted, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. They had five guys drafted last year, two of which you know were specialists, the punter and kicker, and and they you know they probably be are having the best best parts of their careers of, of the guys that have been drafted uh, over the last three years or so, you know, it, Matt Gay is going to be k- kicking for Tom Brady now. Like that's he's, so he's going to have a lot of opportunities at extra points. Uh, you would think uh, Mitch Wisnowski punted for the Niners and helped them, you know, reach the, the Super Bowl this year. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a tremendous opportunity for these guys. Utah's going to add a significant amount of players into the NFL uh, which is exciting, and, and a lot of guys are going to uh, have long careers, which is the big benefit to a program like Utah because, obviously, uh, the longer you're in, in the NFL, you get that to that second contract. 
check. That's a big of money. Uh, and, and that's always helpful to have those guys to earn that reputation um, and to get that notoriety. A guy like Eric Weddle that's now retired, but you know he was in the NFL for years and gained a lot of recognition, and, and it helps to have those guys to point to, say, look, he's from Utah. And so, you know, I think Utah's going to have a couple of those guys in this draft class that'll be in the NFL for quite some time. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, Steve, you bring up, uh, yeah, old Matty Gay and, and, and Mitch Wish, place kicker, punter, extraordinaire. <laughs> um, I, I need to, before we get out of here, I, I just need to let you know of, and you, and you might already know, there's a, there's a fella on Utah's roster right now, and I'm a big fan of Jaden Redding. I, I'll have you know. I think, you know, I, and I underestimated Jaden's ability. I thought when he took over from, from Andrew Straw in, uh, in that BYU game, I was, I was a little more pessimistic than optimistic um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, I watched him, I watched him go about his business during, during full camp when they were battling that out. And, and it, it just wasn't the most impressive thing that I've seen from a place kicking. Now, there's a, there's a fella wearing number 67. His name's Jordan Noyers, okay? Okay. He's, he's on the roster right now. He's 210 pounds. He's from Kent, England, okay? He's Ooh. a place kicker. Okay. He's Matt Gay's second cousin. No way. Promise. I'm just letting you and everybody out there know. And again, I know I talked about expectation wow. and, not, yeah. and not setting it too high, and I'm kind of going back on that because it seems as though I'm I'm setting the bar rather high for Mr. Jordan Noyes. But um, the word is he can, he can spank it just like Matty Gay can. Um, so, so just to give you guys a heads up, how does, how does that all work? Uh, Matty Gay went on his LDS mission to England where he met his wife. And, uh, and his wife is related to Jordan Noyes. His wife and Matty now, um, they're living out in Utah uh, during the NFL offseason before they go back to Tampa. But yeah, Jordan Noyes is his name. So just keep, just keep so, an eye out. Okay. So there you have it. Tom, Tom with the breaking prediction, uh, predicting Jordan Noyes for the Lou Groza award winner in 2021. Whenever we resume, you heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm no, just no, kidding. You're fine. If it happens, I'll take credit. If it doesn't, <laughs> then I will <laughs> but I think he's, my point is, I think he's going to compete with Jaden uh, rather yeah. heavily for that job. And I know uh, when, when you break down the two, um, Noyer's uh, leg strength is, is well, it's world class, if I don't that's say good. so myself. Yeah, that's so, good. Um, there'll be competition at the place kicking position. Not that I know many people care, but yeah, if I have any insight on the football. part of the game. Hey, hey, Steve, if I have any insight on the football program, just count me in for the specialist because yeah. uh, that's my bread and butter. And that's all I really care about as well, if I'm being <laughs> frank. Yeah, that's uh, all I really... Anywho, uh, Nate Wade Subaru. I haven't mentioned them yet. My goodness, 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City, Utah. Just around the corner from downtown. They are um, they're the best. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You, you, you go for a drive during these quarantine days, just keep an eye peeled for how many Subarus you see. There's a good, good chance those cars are coming from Nate Wade Subaru again, 1207 South Main. Great deals, by the way. I've heard if uh, you're in the market for a car, now is a spectacular time to buy because they're trying to move inventory and they're cutting the price to do so. So if you're pretty confident, you'll be receiving a paycheck uh, for the foreseeable future. Go ahead and make that purchase now because you won't be finding a better deal 
on the market once this coronavirus pandemic is over and uh, you know the hospitality industry the car dealership industry and the like reopens life hopefully will get back to normal but steve hey i'm not going to take any more of your time you go spend spend it with your beautiful girlfriend kendra tell her that myself and the family send our love and um and, and by the way you're going to be there for another week you've extended your stay yeah yeah we uh we uh have made the executive decision kendra made the executive decision that we are going to stay for another week down here uh you know seeing the tweets and the reaction from the earthquakes and the snow uh it's uh you know our thoughts are with everybody in utah um but we're gonna we're gonna be a little selfish we're gonna stay down here and enjoy some sun for uh another week good for you well just when you thought the world couldn't come to a uh, any more of a crashing halt it did this morning by shaking Jeez. the shaking the great state of, of or the great city of salt lake city i should say and uh, yeah i'd be in a safer spot too if i could yeah. but uh uh, anyway, the snow can bugger off and, and, and then I'll be all right. But regardless, Steve, enjoy the little uh, vacation you're on. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully you enjoyed. Don't forget all our listeners, go, um, go subscribe to the podcast. Give us a, a review um, and feel free to shoot us a comment in the review section. We love reading them and, and hearing all about your, uh, your time with us. So, Steve, be well and, and we'll speak too, again Tom. next week. Sounds good, man. See you guys. See you guys.